The second section of Psalms, known as the Exodus Psalms, remind us that the God who redeemed us is still with us. In fact, He has promised to never leave us or forsake us. Today, we join Scott Pauling in opening God's roadmap for life. Find your place in the Word of God in the Psalms and let's discover what God has for us along the way. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Do those words sound familiar to you? Earlier in our study through the Psalms, we studied Psalm 14. And that's exactly the way Psalm 14 began. A Psalm of David, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And then it goes on to describe that foolish way of living, that foolish way of thinking, uh, that willful ignorance of God that rebellious spirit. Now we've come in our study to Psalm 53, which is also a Psalm of David, and it begins the very same way. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. It sounds like this is a truth that David had to rehearse. It sounds like this is a truth that God repeated to David. You see, God didn't give it in Psalm 14 and again in Psalm 53 because he forgot he said it the first time. He gave it because he doesn't want us to forget that he said it. In fact, the title of Psalm 53, we find the little word mashkul, which means instruction. In other words, there's some instruction for us here. This is not just just a psalm for us to look at all the foolish people around us and call them fools. No, there is some instruction for David here. There is some instruction for the people of God here. So Lord, what is it you want to teach us from Psalm 53? Psalm 53, like Psalm 14, and by the way, they're almost identical. You should read them alongside one another, comparing Scripture with Scripture. Literally, they're like parallel train tracks moving the same direction, and many of the same words identically used. So what is the description of Psalm 53 for? It describes for us the world in which we live, a world filled with sinners who are living their life with no thought of God. Let's read just a little more. After saying the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, he begins to describe this foolish person. Corrupt are they, and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. How many? None. Verse 2, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek God. Remember in verse 1, none. In verse 2, any. Verse 3, every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. It sounds to me like there's not a single person, not a single person who is really living thinking of God like they ought to. In fact, when you come to Psalm 53 and Psalm 14, uh, we want to look at all the other foolish people and point to all the people who profess to be atheists, the people who say there is no God, when in fact, Psalm 53 is actually a description of people who live like there is no God. You see, you may not be a professing atheist today, but you could be a practicing one. You may give mental assent or even verbal assent to the fact that there is a God. But if you're living your life without thinking of God, if you're making your decisions without considering God, friend, you are living a very foolish life. And just because you close your eyes and block your ears and put God in the back of your mind doesn't make God go away. In fact, Psalm 53 describes the plight, the pitiful condition of every sinner. 
He uses these all-encompassing words, none, all, everyone, all together, none, no, not one. Verse 4, have the workers of iniquity no knowledge? Who eat up my people as they eat bread? They have not called upon God. There were they in great fear where no fear was, for God has scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. Thou hast put them to shame, because God hath despised them. Do you see the progression, or should we say the digression here? First of all, they will not think of God. They refuse to. The Bible says in verse 4, they have no knowledge. We're living in a world where people think they're pretty smart. And just because we have Google and Siri, just because we have so much knowledge at our fingertips does not mean we have divine knowledge in our soul. Remember, the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So you could be an educated fool. You could be a a person with a brilliant mind but a depraved heart if you don't have the knowledge of God. The greatest knowledge of all is the knowledge of God Himself. And so it leads us to verse number 5 where suddenly these people who were so sure of themselves, are now in great fear. Where did this great fear come from? Because eventually judgment is coming. God is going to scatter the bones of him that encampeth against thee. In other words, God says, I'm going to deal with them. They're they're full full of pride now, but I'm going to bring them to shame. They despise me now, but I'm going to despise them later. This is where it's coming to. This is where a sinful world will eventually arrive. They will come to the end of themselves and they will meet God and they will have to acknowledge not only that there is a God, but that God was right and they were not. Now Psalm 53 does not end there. Aren't you glad that God not only shows us what we are and who we are without Him, but praise His holy name. He doesn't leave us there. Thank you, Jesus, for that. No, He moves now from sin to salvation. Here's the last verse of Psalm 53. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When God bringeth back the captivity of His people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. I don't know about you, that sounds like quite a, quite a shift in theme and in tone. Why is it? Because now he's dealing not with sin but with the Savior. Now he's dealing not with men but with God. You see, sin always leads to destruction, to bitterness, to sorrow, to emptiness. But salvation, the Lord, leads to joy and fullness and abundance and peace. And I want to ask you today, which one do you want to live in? And which way would you like to end? Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. Now, lest you think this is only for Israel, lest you think this is only an Old Testament principle, I want to challenge you to do something. I'd like to give you a little extended homework assignment today. Read Psalm 53 and then come to the book of Romans. And read Romans chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. Did you know Romans in the New Testament, given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit through the pen of the Apostle Paul, uses exact quotes from Psalm 53? Listen to these words again. There is none that doeth good. There is none that seeketh after God. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. These are the words that you find repeated yet again in Romans Chapter number 3. Now, it seems to me, if God said it in Psalm 14, said it in Psalm 53, and repeats it again in Romans chapter 3, that maybe, just maybe, this is a truth for every nation and for every generation. And indeed it is. It's for every individual. It is this truth. We are all sinners. And without God, we live foolish lives. And those lives always end in destruction. But oh, oh, 
when the salvation of God becomes a living reality in your life, when the Lord releases you from the captivity of your own ignorance and your own foolishness, there's great freedom and joy and gladness in that. May I say to you today, if you're not certain that your sins are forgiven, that Christ is your Savior and heaven is, is your destination, call on Him now and be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved today, friend. At this moment, just agree with God. Lord, you're right and I'm wrong. I'm a sinner. I agree with you about what you say about me. And I agree with you in what you said about your Son. He's the righteous one. He died for my sins. He rose from the dead. I receive you now as my Savior. I tell you, if you'll take Jesus, He'll take you. If you'll come to Him in faith, He'll come to you in mercy. And the end of your story doesn't have to be sin. It can be salvation. And if you know Him as your Savior, rejoice in that today and share the truth with others. There's none that doeth good, but aren't you glad we have a good Savior who's ready to forgive? If you would like more information on knowing the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal way or more information on growing in your faith, please visit us at scottpauley.org. We would love to hear from you. From there, you may also download your free copy of A Ready Reference of the Psalms to help you in our current study. We are praying that God will guide you today and that you will enjoy the journey.